Do you ever struggle with remembering details from your travels? Then I've got something special for you. How would you like a better way to keep track of all the things you see and experience in Scotland? A way to keep those special memories and all the details fresh for years to come. My new Scotland travel journal might just be what you need. It includes daily journaling prompts to help you start writing about your day, lots of space for doodling and notes, prompts to reflect on your trip overall, and suggestions for things to do that help you make more meaningful connections with Scotland. There's also inspiration for your travel bucket list, a map to draw your route, space to keep track of your travel details, and some Gaelic and Scottish phrases to try while you're here. All you have to do is print out the journal, fold the pages in half and start writing. The Scotland Travel Journal is the perfect companion for your upcoming trip to Scotland. Find it in the Watch Me See online shop or visit the link in the show notes. And now, let's get on with the show. Hello there, and welcome to Wild for Scotland, a podcast full of inspiring stories from Scotland. I'm your host, Cathy Camleitner. Wild for Scotland helps you connect with Scotland and dream about future adventures. I'll tell you immersive stories to whisk you away, share some of my top tips for your own Scotland trip, and introduce you to inspiring locals and their stories. So lean back and enjoy. Let's travel to Scotland. We have arrived at the final story episode of this season, which is all about the people of Scotland. Like all the other stories you heard over the past few months, this story was inspired by my interview guest, who you'll hear from next week. His name is Mark Williams, and he's a full-time forager who is based in the southwest of Scotland. A few weeks ago, I joined him for a weekend of sea kayaking and foraging on the Galloway coast to learn more about wild foods we can find in Scotland, but also to hear a bit of his story. You'll hear more from Mark next week, but for now let's focus on the experiences I got to share with him. We're heading to the south coast of Galloway, and a body of water that is known as the Solway Firth. I joined a trip that was organised by my friend Chris, who runs an adventure company called Adventure Carrick. He teamed up with Mark to deliver a weekend course that includes an introduction to sea kayaking, wild camping and foraging. We met on a sunny Saturday morning near Gatehouse of Fleet, loaded our gear into waterproof bags and onto the kayaks, and set off for a three-day adventure that would see us battle with tides, explore the rocky shores, and learn about Scotland's flora along the way. This is In Tune.
I open my tent to find the world sprawled out in front of me. The sun is shining and it's amplifying the colours of everything around me. There is land on the horizon, an island called Ardwall, which is one of the islands of Fleet. A few trees stand near the top of it, reaching their crowns into the sky. Beyond it are the gentle hills of the Makars Peninsula. The water between me and the dark patches of land is silvery blue and almost entirely still. A smooth surface that forms almost unnoticeable ripples where it laps onto the shore. The tide is coming in, but I can still see the patchwork of exposed sandbanks and seaweed, which will soon be submerged by the sea. The bays are shallow here on the Galloway coast, treacherous to navigate with heavy sea kayaks, but perfect for exploring the plants and animals who live between the tides. The shore beyond my tent is rocky and uneven. Dark grey rocks further away in the distance, within the reaches of the tides, and light grey rocks further up the beach, where the sun heats up the surface all day long. The dark rocks are covered in seaweeds, curled up in heaps, waiting for the sea to return. The light rocks are spotted with lichen, radiating brilliantly in the sunshine. On the rocks and the grass around my tent, flowers are opening their buds, stretching their petals to the sky and absorbing the warmth and the light from above. There is the familiarity of yellow buttercups and pink thrift, but also other flowers, yellow, white and purple, whose names I don't know. The sea is still so far away, I can barely hear it. Instead, I hear the birds singing in the hedgerows behind, and insects humming as they fly by my tent, visiting one flower after the other. It is a peaceful morning, and it is easy to feel in tune with nature. I get up, put on my swimsuit, and walk down to the beach. The cold water seeps through my thick neoprene socks. I'm joined by some of the other women on the trip as we make our way into the cold sea. Okay. The water is cold, but invigorating. Clouds have moved into the sky, but nevertheless I can see how clear the water is. I wash the sweat off my skin, and my body wakes up to this new day. We stay in the water until we realise that the tide has creeped up the shoreline and is now dangerously close to our towels. Back on land, I dry off, get dressed, and walk over to a spot on the beach that was turned into a camp kitchen last night. Mark hands me a bowl and points over to the big pot. The porridge is ready. I help myself to two scoops, fish a spoon out of a large Tupperware that is overspilling with cutlery, and sit down in the sand. I feel the porridge warming me up from the inside as I watch the sun climb higher and the tide creeping further up the beach. No matter if it comes or goes, 
there is a point when the tide moves quicker than you could ever imagine. And within a few minutes, the dark rocks I observed in the morning have disappeared below the surface. After breakfast, Mark gathers our group for a short walk around the campsite. With high tide still about an hour away, we have some time before we launch the kayaks again. Luckily, there's plenty to explore. And so we make our way out onto the headland I watched earlier this morning, clambering over rocks, careful not to step onto the dense cushions of wildflowers. And along the way, Mark spots plants that he wants to tell us more about. Yeah, so this is, um, this is Scott's lovage. Oh, wow. This is a member oh, of, the, uh, of the carrot family, or the APAC. Um, but this is a particular little delicacy of Scotland, I suppose. Um, it's uh, Ligistum scoticum, I think is, is the Latin name for it. So it is particularly, uh, Scott, you wouldn't get this in the south of England. And Galloway is really interesting. Foraging is, at its core, a journey of discovery and surprise. You never quite know what you'll find on a particular stretch of coastline or even as you climb onto a random rock on the beach. Plants find all kinds of nooks and crannies to hold on to. And throughout this walk, we experience firsthand how exciting it is to find an unexpected plant below our feet. We spend some time on the rocks. We spot wild thyme and pop the air-filled bladders of sea campion flowers on the backs of our hands. Then Mark leads us up the beach to the hedgerows full of plants that form thorny forests you might know from a fairy tale. We talk about gorse and how to turn its scented petals into sweet syrup. And we dig for pignuts, delicate white flowers that grow a succulent nut-like root in the ground. When the sea has finally reached its highest point, we change into our kayaking clothes, carry the boats a few metres to the water and set off to explore the coast from a different perspective. From the water, the coast turns into a whole new world. The rocks we saw yesterday when we arrived at low tide are gone. Instead, we paddle among new rocks we hadn't noticed before. Oyster catchers fly away in a hurry long before we get near them, hysterically chanting to warn others about our presence. A seal pops its head up not far from my boat, but before I can alert the others, it has dived under, not to be seen again. We stay close to the shore, always on the lookout for hidden passages between the rocks, are cushions of pepper dulse, a small type of seaweed that tastes deliciously like truffles. As we make our way south, every bay offers a different vista. We paddle past a dairy farm with a castellated tower and onto a beach overlooked by an old broch. It has been partially restored by the owners of this land who found the original foundations in the soil. Inside, the ruin is covered in bluebells and ground ivy. Steep stairs lead from the broch to the sea and back to our kayaks. 
It's past midday, and this morning's porridge is starting to wear off. So we stop on a beach that is made up almost entirely of little white shells. Mark opens the hatches of his kayak and pulls out jars and boxes and bags full of food. The result is a grazing board of wild foods. Pickled wild garlic and herbs, hummus he made from chickpeas and wild garlic, chutneys and sauces to add flavour to the mix. Sushi rolls filled with reed mace and herbs. There's freshly baked sourdough from a nearby bakery and locally sourced cheese and meats. The food tastes even more delicious than it looks. No one would have to go hungry on this trip. Back in the water, paddling now feels a little bit harder. And with an eye on the receding tide, we decide to head back to camp. As the water reaches its lowest point, Mark leads us back out to sea on foot. The island in front of our bay, named Barloco, was cut off from the mainland by a channel of water which we paddled through just a few hours ago. Now the tide has gone out so far, it's possible to walk across. Dodging puddles and treacherous sinkholes in the silty sand, we make our way towards the seaweed piling up on the shores of the island. A slippy maze of serrated rack, sea lettuce, Irish moss, sugar kelp and sharp rocks hiding below. Mark tells us more about these seaweeds. They're all edible, just like any seaweed you can find in UK waters. And many of them are among Mark's kitchen favourites. Sea lettuce tastes great hydrated into salty crisps. Irish moss doesn't taste of much, but can add texture to desserts. And sugar kelp makes the perfect base for miso soup. But plants are not the only thing we find. It was a full moon last night, so the tide is lower than usual. Here and there, the sea left shallow pools among the mountains of seaweed tangled up on the rocks. We spot a fish, barely covered by water and gasping for air. We make our way over as quickly as possible on this slippery ground and see that it's a dogfish, a tiny species of shark that is most often found in shallow, temperate waters. Mark picks it up by its tail, and although it wriggles at first, it soon submits to its fate. We all take a good look at the fish. Its back is brown, but its belly is light and covered in dark speckles. Mark carefully clambers closer to the water's edge and releases the dogfish back into the sea. As our walk continues, we find and rescue two more of its kind, and I wonder how many dogfish are stranded among the piles of seaweed at low tide. As the water levels return and the sun starts making its way closer to the horizon, Mark settles back into his camp kitchen. I walk over from my tent to see what's cooking. Mark is sitting in front of a large pot. In it, he tells me, is some sea kale which he foraged from a beach not far from here. We found some on this beach as well and learned that it's the wild ancestor of many modern brassicas like cabbage, broccoli or kale. Tastes delicious. Along with the sprouting florets of kale, Mark adds tomatoes, chickpeas and wild garlic to make a hearty stew. Next to it, in a wide pan, common hogweed is sizzling away. It's not the easiest to pick, even though it's abundant. 
but Mark promises that it's one of his favourite plants to cook with and we're in for a treat. And while the food sizzles away happily on the stove, I decide to go for a short walk back to the shore. The kayaks are now resting in the sand and waves are gently lapping onto the beach. Barloco is cut off once again by a channel of water and the serrated outline of rocky outcrops have disappeared below the surface. Not before long, Mark shouts us over as dinner is ready. We sit around a fire, enjoying bowls of delicious stew topped with buttery hogweed. Drinks are being passed round and more wood is added to the fire. The sun is setting behind the hills of the Makars and soon the only thing I hear is the joyful chatter of the other people on this trip. The telling clattering of empty bowls and the familiar sounds of waves rolling onto the shore. These are the sounds of a group of people who are in tune with the coast. I don't normally get this when I'm cooking. <laughs> I just like all the sound. You're going to go Gordon Ramsay. you enjoyed this story about my adventure on the Galloway coast. The southwest is truly one of my favourite parts of Scotland and it's a region that lies far off the beaten path. Yet there's so much to do and see in this area, whether it's about learning to kayak or forage with experts like Chris or Mark, or simply exploring the coastline on your own stopping by some of the scenic villages and historic sites. If you feel inspired to visit the southwest of Scotland, You'll hear my tips in a while, but I'll also be sharing some additional tips and resources for the area in this week's newsletter. Make sure you don't miss out and sign up via the link in the show notes. Now, let's take a quick detour and hear more about our sponsors. And we're back. Now it's time for the practical part of the show. Here are five travel tips for an adventurous and delicious trip to the Galloway coast. Tip number one, pick an area of the Galloway coast to explore. Once you start looking into the Galloway coast, you'll soon notice that it's made up of several peninsulas, each worth exploring in its own right. Unless you spend a week or two, it's virtually impossible to see all of them in detail. Whether you base yourself in Annan to explore the very tip of the Solway Firth, near Gatehouse of Fleet or Kukubri for the best of Carrick Bay, on the Makars Peninsula or on the rinds of Galloway. I recommend you pick an area and explore that in depth before moving on to the next. Tip number two, explore the Makars Peninsula. I spent a day exploring the Makars Peninsula before meeting the group for our kayaking trip. A day really isn't enough, but it convinced me that this part of Galloway is among the most beautiful. At the top, you'll find Wigton, 
Scotland's national book town, which has more bookshops per capita than any other place in Scotland. In the middle of the peninsula, there is Whithorn, a colourful village that is home to a beautiful priory as well as the replica of an Iron Age roundhouse. And at the very tip lies Isle of Whithorn, although the causeway along the main road to the actual isle is now unrecognisable. It's a beautiful place for a walk along the coast and a great home base for a few days in the area. Tip number three, try the local produce. Galloway is a farming region and as you travel through the villages and along quiet backcountry roads, you'll often come across farm shops or honesty boxes where farmers sell their local produce. One of my favourite places to sample food from the area is Gather at Lagan, a beautiful restaurant up on a hillside overlooking the Solway Firth. And if you don't eat meat or dairy, don't worry, you can always sample some of the locally made gin instead. Tip number four, go kayaking with Adventure Carrick. The company who organised our sea kayaking and foraging trip was Adventure Carrick. They're technically based in Garvin, further north on the Ayrshire coast, but they also offer water sports all over the southwest of Scotland. You can choose from kayaking and canoeing to paddleboarding and co-steering. Going out onto the water with a guide means that you don't have to worry so much about the conditions yourself, but rather you can rely on the knowledge and guidance of a real expert and enjoy the water. Tip number five, forage with care. Foraging is a fun and enjoyable way to immerse yourself in the Scottish landscape, but there are a few things to look out for, from identifying edible from non-edible or even poisonous plants to learning which plants and how much is sustainable to take. It's important to know the basics before you start picking wild foods. Mark's website, gallowaywildfoods.com, is a great resource for all foragers, no matter how experienced you are. You'll find tons of ID guides and pictures of plants, fungi and seaweeds, advice on collecting safely and responsibly, and recipes to try at home. Mark also hosts a series of in-person foraging walks all over Scotland and online workshops, which you can do from anywhere in the world. So if you're new to foraging in Scotland, head to Galloway Wild Foods to learn more. And with this, I send you off to dream about your own trip to Galloway to spend some time exploring the coast and its welcoming communities. Next week, we're speaking with Mark Williams, our foraging host on this trip. And as far as I know, Scotland's only full-time forager. We'll hear about Mark's insatiable appetite for Scotland's wild foods, his favourite plants to gather and cook with, some tips for beginners and more. I hope you'll tune in again. Thank you so much for listening to Wild for Scotland. As always, you can find our full show notes with all the links to the resources and places I mention on the show on our website, wildforscotland.com. There you can also download the transcripts for this and all other stories and interviews we've done in the past. Wild for Scotland is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten path. The show is written and hosted by me, Kathy Kamleitner. Thanks to Fran Tarowskis, who is the co-producer and editor and does the sound design, and to Michelle Payne, who helps with transcripts and social media. Podcast art is by Lizzie Vaughan Knight, the Tartan Trailburner, and all original music is composed by Bruce Wallace. Until next time, when we travel to a different place in Scotland.
If you're still here, listening all the way to the very end, it means you've probably got your hands full. So let me take this opportunity to remind you that I don't just write immersive travel stories. I also plan unforgettable itineraries for Scotland. And it's never been easier to follow one of my routes. Head to watchmec.com forward slash shop to browse my ready-made Scotland itineraries and turn your travel dreams into reality.